This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello and welcome back to the Agenda podcast here on the Blood Red channel. I'm your host, Edward Kay, and today I'm joined by the Echo's very own Theo Squires, and we're going to be discussing a couple of players who are rumoured to be making a return to the Reds this summer. First off, we're going to start, Theo. I know you wrote an article earlier today on him earlier. Uh, Raheem Sterling. It's an interesting one, given the way he uh, left the club and obviously now completed his £47.5 million move to Chelsea. But there were rumours flying around that he might be making a return to Liverpool. Can you just give us some clarity on, you know, for those of us who might not have followed this one as closely, where the rumours were coming from? Was it the club, just the player? And, you know, just how how much credence there was to lend to this rumour, really? Um, I think it was one where, when it first emerged that he was off to Chelsea, there were suggestions that Liverpool had been interested. And then The Athletic came out and did a story saying, I think after it had gone through, that Sterling was keen on a return to Liverpool. It just didn't happen. And the latest ones have said that he actually was interested, but Liverpool weren't. Um, however much truth in all these, it's unclear. But from when we asked the question earlier in the summer, we were told Liverpool weren't interested um, for starters, the simple dismissal was where would he play? And you can understand that completely. Like they'd signed Luis Diaz to play on that left hand side in January. They had Diogo Jotru can play there. Klopp's already said Nunes can play there. Carvalho can play there. And Liverpool very much looking to the future when they were revamping their attack this uh, summer with these younger players. On a separate note, I was told that um, Nunes is probably around the profile they look for when they do strengthen their squad and spend big on players. So players who are going to be 23, 24, 25 at an absolute maximum, they're not going to spend big money on someone whose best days are potentially behind them already at their peak. Um, as far as Liverpool winning every major honour goes, they were starting the journey with the likes of Salah, Mane, taking them to that next level. It wasn't signing someone who was already at that level and just having it for a couple of years and having to revamp it all again. So this is essentially starting the cycle again with the Nunes and Diaz. So from Liverpool's point of view, they didn't seem to be interested and you can understand that completely. Um, they didn't need him. They've got six very good attacking options and I think most Liverpool fans would say for the players they've had, if you put Raheem Sterling in there, probably doesn't start. And then you get into all the, the politics and the drama of how he left and everything that's happened since. Um, he, he was a 20-year-old who you can believe was poorly advised. He took a did an interview behind the club's back. He said it wasn't about money, but he refused to go on pre-season tour, saying he was sick. He, he didn't play on the last day of the season. It was all this drama. And you look at it, it's like you're a 20-year-old. You haven't achieved anything for the club yet. You've not even played 100 times in the Premier League. And he was making all these demands. It was a very messy exit. The quotes from the agent at the time were, they were, Horrible. No wonder relationships were damaged to such an extent there. And even though over the years he's hinted that he'd be quite happy to go back to Liverpool, that he, the club's in his heart, he loves him, he's grateful for what they did to his career. Those relations were damaged a long time ago. His bridges were burned. We saw that by his uh, little scrap with Joe Gomez on international duty a few years ago. No love lost there. Liverpool's story of Raheem Sterling ended a long, long time ago. And while he might not have been willing to give up on it just yet, you can understand that from his point of view. Like if you're leaving Man City and you want to win Premier League and Champions League, Liverpool is your best bet in England. But yeah, Liverpool, no reason for them to go back in for him. And that's why they didn't, and that's why he's at Chelsea. Yeah, it does seem an interesting one for him to be sort of looking for, given, you know, like you say, he's the wrong side of 25 and the forward options Liverpool have got at the moment. 
you know, had that gone through and had he got a move back to us, which was seemingly maybe what he wanted, what sort of a role do you think he would have had? Like, like you say, maybe he wouldn't have started. Would he have been coming off the bench? Like, how, how would you have even seen that working? Well, one thing you can contemplate is, say, in a scenario, Mohamed Salah does not sign a new contract. Maybe he is always oh, a big money replacement there. He's proven he'll get goals. Liverpool would have needed someone proven to replace Salah. As much as you've just said, they don't tend to look for that sort of player. And while Sterling is never going to go and get you 35, 40 goals, or he certainly hasn't historically with Man City, he, he could deliver a decent amount. He is a 20-goal-a-season winger with City. He, he could have maybe making that step with Liverpool. And then there is that, always oh, homegrown. He'd count as club trained if he'd come back to Liverpool. So that ticks boxes with UEFA. And then even though Salah would have seen out the year before leaving on the free transfer, if he hadn't agreed a new contract, that would be similar to, say, Liverpool when they signed Thiago as a, a Genie Wijnaldum replacement before Genie left the next summer, as they signed Diaz essentially as a Mane replacement before Mane left this summer. You, you get that bit of time with them together, but then one of them moves on, the other is the replacement. But Liverpool never had to consider Sterling coming back as a replacement because they agreed that the contract with Salah, that was very much the priority. And that's what they wanted. That's what they got done. So it's not really one they've ever seemingly uh, seriously looked at. Uh, maybe if, if uh, events had gone differently, they would have done because he's obviously a quality player. But then you've got to consider everything, that how he left and all the, the nastiness in between. Um, if you take all that away and you put Raheem Sterling in this Liverpool squad, you'd say, well, Diaz starts on the left. Salah starts on the right. Nunes is, is probably a striker. Maybe at some point you um, do the Ronaldo thing with Salah and put him as a central option as he loses that bit of pace. But for now, Sterling doesn't start in this Liverpool team. Um, you could rotate a bit with Diaz, but yeah, there was no need for him. It would have been a, a big money signing to sit on the bench. Um, it's not really the sort of thing they do. Like Jota was more a rotation option, but he's good enough to start. Sterling could do that role. But he's left Man City because he's not starting every week. Because when the, the big games came, when they were playing like Real Madrid in the Champions League semi-final, he wasn't starting those games. Liverpool in the Champions League semi-final, final, whatever big game you want to put up there, he does not start when everyone is available, when everyone is fit, when everyone's on form. Uh, so it wouldn't have made sense on paper for either club or parties. But you, you can see the sentimentality there for Sterling and to maybe right a few wrongs at Liverpool's point. As I've already said, it's, it was done for Liverpool a long time ago. Yeah, so we've chatted through it sort of a club and player perspective, but how do you think fans would have reacted if he'd come back to Anfield? You know, not just not just Liverpool fans, but also Manchester City fans. Uh, it's a strange one, his legacy at Man City, because you look at it, he scored over 100 goals. He's won, what was it, three, four Premier League titles. He's won the domestic cups. If he'd stayed at Liverpool and achieved that at Liverpool, he's a club legend. No doubt about it. <laughs> like Every Liverpool player that won the one Premier League is a club legend at this moment in time. Never mind someone who'd gone on and won four. But he's never had that same love from the City fans. Um, like you think Aguero, Yaya Torre, David Silva, Vincent Company, now Kevin De Bruyne. Those are the players they really cherish. Uh, I've spoken to a couple of City fans and they've said, as good as he is, he just made the same mistake again and again. And you think of costly chances that would cost them in games. It was normally him. So he's like, he's not a legend for them. He's like that next step down, which seems a little bit strange. Um, I'm not sure City would have really battered an eyelid if he had gone back to Liverpool in that sense, because they don't seem to be too bothered that he's gone to Chelsea. 
I'm certainly not shedding any tears about them going and not really bothered when it comes to selling players to rival teams. We've seen Gabriel Jesus go to Arsenal. We've seen Jenko. Looks like he might be about to do the same thing. As much as there's this rivalry between Liverpool and Man City, it's a very respectful one. Uh, it'd be a bit different if he was going to Manchester United where you've got that history of hatred there. But then maybe it would have been different at the, the point when you've got Pep Guardiola saying well, he doesn't want to sell to a title rival. They never had to have this conversation. They never had to have this discussion. And from Liverpool fans' point of view, I, I guess we'll never know. Like There would have been some fans that would have never forgiven him, never welcomed him back because it wasn't just how he left. It was the stuff with Joe Gomez as well, which was so... Uh, nasty to see, like you don't want that character in the squad. He, like, he went for him on the pitch, and then he went for him behind the scenes when he was the one in the wrong. And then you had fans booing Joe Gomez on the England games. It was just a very nasty, messy affair. Um, you can make it simplistic and say you put a player in a team, he scores goals. Fans forgive, fans love them again. But there are some cases where fans don't forgive, like they've never forgiven Michael Owen for going to Manchester United. Maybe if he joined Liverpool after that, that would have mended the the wounds a little bit, healed it a little bit. But he's just, you've got to come back and achieve something big. Like he'd have to score a goal that wins Liverpool Premier League or wins Liverpool Champions League. And that's a big ask. You don't need to make that gamble. I think as it stands, if it had been a discussion, there'd have been a bit of backlash there. There wouldn't have been many fans uh, queuing up to get Raheem Sterling on the back of a Liverpool shirt, shall we say. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I do think it would have been difficult for him to uh, work his way back into Liverpool hearts. But, you know, he has come out and said over the years that he still very much has Liverpool in his heart. You know, it's a club that's done a lot for him. So, in spite, you know, in spite of the, the four league titles, the four league cups and the FA Cup, do you think there's a part of him that maybe regrets leaving with us having gone on and, you know, experienced Champions League success that City haven't and have never experienced? Do you think there's a part of him that regrets leaving and especially the way that he went about it? Um, I think he probably regrets the way he went about it, but this is where you can make excuses for Raheem Sterling. He was 20 and it was very much an agent pushing what he was doing. and It was naive of him to go along with it, but you can understand why he went along with it. It's what you'd do as a kid in that situation. Um, I'm not sure you can't really regret what he's gone and achieved at Man City. Like he's won everything but the one thing. Uh, it's been a very successful career for him at the Etihad. But then maybe it would have meant a bit more for him if he'd done it at Liverpool. Uh, you know, Steven Gerrard said that. That's why he never left Liverpool, because he knew it would have meant that much more winning one Premier League title with them as opposed to winning five with Chelsea or whatever. Uh, it's hard to say just because of how events unfolded. Like Liverpool in 2015, Brendan Rodgers was still in charge. They'd just been thrashed 6-1 by Stoke City. Steven Gerrard had just left for LA Galaxy. It, look, it was the start of a new period for him. It would have taken a long time for him to get back to the top stage. And it was just because of Jurgen Klopp that they managed to get to it. He, he couldn't have foreseen that. And I, I know his agent came out and said when Klopp was appointed, yeah, Raheem should still be a Liverpool player. If Klopp had been appointed in the summer, he probably would still be a Liverpool player. But he made his bed, he made his decisions and he went with it. In that interview with the BBC, he infamously said um, it wasn't about money, but if they'd offered him the contract when Liverpool going for the title in 2013-14, a year earlier, they'd have probably got him signed out for a, a lot less. So they weren't happy with how the club were managing it at the time. Um, he probably hopes that things had gone a little bit differently. Uh, Liverpool were the club that signed him from QPR when he was, what, 15? Um, gave him his senior breakthrough in the game. 
looked after him at those formative years. They took him away from London as well. And um, it's very easy for a young player in London, I suppose, to fall in with the wrong crowds and, and not make it. I know his family were very protective of him and made the move with him to Liverpool. So that, that senior career, it helped that he came to Liverpool and was able to take those steps. So I, I believe him when he says Liverpool still got a very fond place in his heart. But he didn't achieve anything really at Liverpool. So that's why it's never going to be reciprocated. It's not like when Michael Owen left, well, he'd won the Ballon d'Or, he'd won the Drabble, he'd scored goals in cup finals, he'd delivered success. And then he went, it's like there was no, there was a legacy he left behind. Sterling didn't, it might have been different if he'd won the Premier League title at Liverpool. But even then, you wouldn't go, oh, Liverpool won the league in 2014 because of Sterling. Yeah, he was a key player for him, but it was because of Suarez, it was because of Sturridge. He was very much a supporting act to that that attacking duo. duo. Uh, it's all what ifs and buts, isn't it? Like, it's very hard to throw a 20-year-old under the bus and say all these nasty things about him that fans have said over the years. You can understand their anger. You can understand why they cheer when he gets substituted early or when he misplaces a pass or where John Flanagan two-foots him in the first five minutes of his first game back at Anfield. You don't want to see him succeed. Um, but then maybe Liverpool fans would have been a little bit more understanding of him eventually going and winning these trophies if two years down the line Liverpool hadn't been winning the same trophies themselves. It's all just how things have unfolded in the past seven years with Klopp coming in. Um, deep down, he probably wishes he had managed to get these trophies with Liverpool, played for Jurgen Klopp, but his alternative doing it for Man City with Pep Guardiola wasn't too bad. He'll be content with his decisions and so will Liverpool. Yeah, and moving on now to a player with a, a fairly well-cemented Liverpool legacy in contrast to Raheem, uh, Gino Wijnaldum, another one who was rumoured to maybe be making a return to the Reds this summer. Do you see this one as a, a bit more likely, perhaps, with a lot of fans and a lot of people around the club seeing that there is a, maybe a space to be filled in midfield still? Uh, I don't personally consider this one likely at all. Uh, maybe it could be a little bit different in a month's time, if there's been an injury in midfield and Liverpool, they still want to wait until 2023 to say sign Jude Bellingham or whatever big money target they want. And you need that stopgap. But as Jurgen Klopp said the other week, we've got eight very good options here and we've still got Tyler Morton. They want to give Harvey Elliott more game time. They want to give Curtis Jones more game time. They want to see what Fabio Carvalho can do. So got Fabinho, Henderson. Milner's signed up for another year and it's looking like uh, he's not going to stop anytime soon. Oxide Chamberlain's just got injured, but he'd probably be your eighth choice anyway. Uh, Naby Keita's still there, could sign a new contract. Liverpool are very happy with the options they've got at their disposal. And while we can say another body would make them stronger, uh, they didn't really miss Genie Wijnaldum last year. Like If you put him in, he doesn't start, does he? Like Your first choice three, Henderson or Keita, Fabinho and Thiago. And then we could easily be saying in six weeks' times, actually, you know what, Harvey Elliott's first choice. If he has another superb preseason, as we've seen so far, and does what he did at the start of last season, he could easily be first choice in that midfield. But then Jones could be first choice if he steps up. Carvalho could be first choice if he starts. Like It just hits the ground running. They don't need Genie Wijnaldum back. They're looking to the future. It's why they never went back for Coutinho, why they never went back for Luis Suarez. They've gone, you're part of the past. Now we'll look to the next generation. This is why we want these younger players coming in. It's why midfield plans are on hold until 2023, where, say it's hypothetically, Jude Bellingham is the man they want. Um, that's someone who's going to be in your midfield for the next decade. He's going to be a linchpin there, and you get so much out of bringing him into the club if that is who they want. Um, we will see. 
Gini Wijnaldum, you get a year, two years out of him and then you have to start again. It just doesn't make sense for Liverpool unless it's just putting a body in there. But Liverpool don't put a body in there unless there are no bodies left. It's only when they had to bring in Kabak and Ben Davis that they went to that extent. So it doesn't make sense from Liverpool's point of view. Probably would for Gini Wijnaldum. But then if you really wanted to stay, he'd have um, put pen to paper on the contract when it was offered to him in the first place, whether there was disagreement over money or the number of years. Um, Liverpool had their strict wage structure. They stuck to it. I think the only one they'd bend over slightly to keep was Mohamed Salah. They can't have any regrets there. Like If Liverpool miss out on trophies this year, it's not because they didn't sign Gini Wijnaldum. If they'd had Gini Wijnaldum with them last year, they don't win the Premier League and Champions League. He's not that sort of player to make a difference to that extent. He was a great servant. He scored so many crucial goals. You think of uh, from Pitt against Middlesbrough to get him into the Champions League, to those semi-finals, to yeah, so many. He scored didn't he, against Chelsea when, on the night they won the Premier League title, or they lifted the Premier League trophy as well. He was such a good servant. But Liverpool moved on. Thiago was signed to be his replacement. And they've got Elliot and Jones and Carvalho there to be the, the long-term replacements in this midfield. Um, you move forward, you don't look back. Yeah, neither Sterling nor Wijnaldum really fitting in with the club's current vision of, like you say, looking towards the future, not looking back. But uh, interesting rumours nonetheless. But I think that'll just about do us there. From uh, myself, Edward Kay, and from Theo Squires of The Echo, uh, thanks for joining us and it's goodbye for now. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.